Shortly after my wife Jennifer and I got married, we got some invitations from MasterCard, American Express, and Visa. And they were inviting us, letting us know, uh, congratulations on your marriage, and we would like to give you something that is a gift, and it's called the gift of being pre-approved. Now, not everybody gets pre-approved, people. Only people like Jen and Chris Bunch back in 1994. But we got pre-approved. And don't you love to be pre-approved? I mean, being pre-approved is wonderful. It's like such a gift. And we took two of those invitation cards, and within 18 months, we maxed out both of them. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, I'll never forget, I got this little statement from the invitation company. And they said, now it's time to pay up. And when I looked at this, all of a sudden it hit me. How did we get here? Like, how did we get to this point? And when I looked at the minimum monthly payments, together we made $16,000 a year, and we couldn't pay them. And it was 17% interest. And all of a sudden I was so embarrassed and overwhelmed. Have you ever not been able to make your minimum monthly payment before? Have you ever got into like huge debt? Have you ever had the experience where you were embarrassed because of what you'd done with your money? Maybe for some of you, have you ever gone through the pain of actually having to file bankruptcy? Folks, every single person I know has a money story. Because we all have had moments in our lives in which we didn't handle the commodity of money very well. And part of it is because many times we just don't understand how money works. I mean, if you think about it, when you were in high school or maybe you went to trade school or you went to college, they never or very rarely teach on money management. I never had a class on that my entire educational experience. Now, last week, we talked about less is more. And today, what I want to talk about is stress is bad. Financial stress can be very, very bad. Less is more. Stress is bad. So, I'd like you to repeat after me, because we want to get this into our head very deep throughout this time. Just repeat after me. Less is more. Stress is bad. Less is more. Stress is bad. Now let's put it all together. Less is more. Stress is bad. Less is more. Stress is bad. Now today, I want to talk to you about how financial stress can actually be a really, really bad thing. And some of you already know this. I mean, I've never heard someone say this before. I've never heard someone say, ever since we got into debt, our marriage has never been better. I mean, we just never fight about money ever. It's just so amazing. I've never heard someone say this before. The massively high rate on my credit card has actually improved my love life. (laughs) High rates 
equal hot love. You can have fun in church, people, okay? High rates equal hot love. I've never heard anyone say this before. Every night before I go to bed, I thank God for my debt. Oh, God, thank you for this debt. What a gift it is to me. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I've got debt. I've never heard anybody say that before. But you know what I've heard people say often before? I wish we could give more to help the need of this person or that person, but we're strapped. We just can't do it. I wish we could travel more. I wish we could at least take maybe one vacation and, and go somewhere and do something, and, but we can't. Why? Because we're in financial stress, and financial stress is bad. Now, Managing our finances is a practical issue, but also it's very much a spiritual issue as well. And that's kind of where I want to focus today. Because if you're a follower of Jesus, and those of you know, if you are, if you're not, we're glad you're here. You can still learn from today too. But if you're a follower of Jesus, or you would say, no, 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 I I want him to be in my life. What you do with the resources that God has given you is really important to God. Like, it's really, really important to him. In fact, Jesus talked about money more than anything else except for the kingdom of God. It's an important piece of what we do. And why? Because he wanted us to know that less is more and stress, financial stress, is bad. So, for the rest of our time, I don't want to talk about like the practical or financial. What I want to talk about is the spiritual. And this morning, I want to give to you three prayers that you can pray. If you're in debt right now, these are things that you can pray for. Or if you just want to do God's uh, work or, or use his money his way, that you can say these prayers as well. Here's the first prayer, and for those of you on the stream, this is your first fill-in, but for everybody else, this is yours as well, in the program or on the app, and it's this. Here's the prayer. God, give me self-control. God, give me self-control. Let's all say that out loud together. We'll pray it together. One, two, three. God, give me self-control. Now, do it with a smile, because you can do this, okay? On the count of three. One, two, three. God, give me self-control. So, why is this important? Proverbs 25, uh, verse 28 tells us this. Like a city whose walls are broken down is a person who lacks what? What's it say? Self-control. If you're a city in biblical days and you did not have protective walls to keep you safe, guess what? You are extremely vulnerable, extremely vulnerable, completely vulnerable to attack. And without self-control in your life, you are vulnerable. Exactly. You are vulnerable for attack as well. Now, the problem is, is that living inside each one of us is a two-year-old. Have you ever been to the grocery store before, and there's a two-year-old? And a two-year-old, all of a sudden, they see, like, this shiny toy. They're like, Or they see a candy bar. And what is it that the two-year-old does? 
the two-year-old looks at it, and what do they do? They go, I want it! I want it! I want it! I want it! And guess what? You need to lock that two-year-old up. You need to lock that kid up that is in you telling you, I want it, I want it, I want it. God, give me self-control. God, give that two-year-old that's inside of me that sees the shiny things to be able to say, you need self-control. A few years back, my wife Jennifer came home. Uh, This was before kids. She was so excited. She walked in. She goes, babe, I saved you money today. I said, you did? You saved me money. She's like, yeah. There was this clearance rack for 70% off, and I just went to town. Now, ladies, this is what I want to tell you, and I know I'm meddling right now, okay? Even if you buy something off of the clearance rack for 70% off, you're spending money. They're not giving you money. You're actually spending money. I know I'm meddling. Some of you are like, but Chris, you just don't understand. There are things sometimes that are at five and below that are so cute. It's just so cute. I've got to get them. Or at the Dollar Tree, I've just got to get this little trinket. And I'm telling you, nickel and dime, nickel and dime, nickel and dime over time will sink the ship. It'll sink the ship. God, give me self-control. Now, men, you have a tendency not to nickel and dime and do stuff. You just go and blow the whole wide all at once, don't you? I mean, you sink the ship just one purchase. One time I was doing some marital counseling with a couple, and the couple was in front of me, and the guy was, uh, had sat down, and I uh, looked to him. I said, well, hey, I said, how are you doing? He's like, great. I'm like, man, it was a little more than I'd you know, seen before because they had some really tough marriage stuff they were going through. And I said, well, what's so great? And I'm thinking he's going to tell me, yeah, we're, we're working on the things you talked about. And that's not what he said. He said, uh, I bought a brand new truck. I said, oh, great. I said, well, did you tell your wife? No. I said, well, did you ask your wife? Why would I do that? That's what he said. Why would I do that? And you could see this woman like starting to crumble like, what are you doing? What are you talking about? And that was it. And I couldn't do too much with the counseling on that. I mean, it was just... <laughs> you see, folks, what guys tend to do, what they do is they spend it in one whole lump sum. They're just like, I'm going to buy the farm. They just do that. God, give me self-control. God, give me self-control. God, give me self-control. Your life exists more than just the abundance of your stuff. Your life is more than just the abundance of your stuff. Well, after Jennifer and I got into this huge credit card debt, and it was bad. I mean, we were, we were just really struggling. The one thing we both realized that we had in common is we, neither one of us had self-control when it came to these cards. So we cut up the cards, and then we asked a friend of ours who was an accountant to come and help us. He did his money really, really well, and he taught us about a budget. We had never had a budget uh, leading into our marriage. And for two years, we went on a spending freeze. We didn't spend anything unless it was rent, 
utilities, insurance, gasoline for the car, and ramen noodles. I mean, that and banquet TV dinners, that's what kind of made it through. And, and that was it. Like, that's what we did. And we never went out to eat unless we were with my parents and we let them buy. And with the church people that I was pastoring, we'd just bum with people. And, you know, if you wait along, long enough for church people, someone will usually go, hey, I think I'm going to buy today. And we're like, good, praise the Lord. Go ahead. You know, you, you do that. And I'm telling you, folks, it was like really, really, really hard for two years to just have a spending freeze. But our friend introduced us to a financial uh, economic word that is maybe the most powerful word there is. Um, and it's just one word. It's just one word. In fact, this word that I'm going to give you for free today only has two letters in it. Does, does anyone want to guess what that word is? Oh, you know it too. Okay. Yeah, it's just no. You just say no. Now, I'm not saying that I'm encouraging you if you're in debt to say no forever. I'm just saying, say no for a little while so that you can say yes for the rest of your lives. We say no for a little while so that we can say yes for the rest of our lives. We say no for a moment so that we can discipline that two-year-old and tell them no so that we can say yes for the rest of our lives. Well, Chris, you just don't understand. i got to get my nails done every week. What do we say? No. No, not forever, but no for a period of time. Plus, ladies, let me just tell you about nails. Guys never notice them. I've never had a guy come up to me before and go, Oh, my gosh, did you see that girl's nails? Man, they were amazing. It just like turned me on. I saw those nails. I've never heard anyone ever, ever, ever say that. God, give me self-control. Guys, maybe some of you, it's getting ready to start pretty soon. Golf season. You love to golf. You're like, I got to golf every week. What are we going to say? No. Maybe you do it once a month. Maybe you say, hey, I'm taking the season off for most of your games. You're not going to get much better anyways. They're stealing your money for you to be stressed and overwhelmed. Take a, take a summer off. No. Some of you, maybe you're hunting or fishing. Well, I've got to get that new pole. I've got to get that gun. What are we going to say? No. When I go to get that $5 coffee. Oh, man. Don't, don't get up in that bunch, right? We're going to get that $5 coffee. We're, no, I'm going to get a grocery store kind. When we want that new car with the new car smell, no, no, no. We just get an air refresher and we put it up. New car smell. And it smells good. You know? We say no for a little while so that we can say yes forever. And the key to all of this is God give me self-control. God give me self-control. And it's never too late regardless of your age. Some of you are like, well, I'm in my 50s, I'm in my 60s, I'm in... No, 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 no. Wherever you're at, you can do that. And then, once you get out of debt, ladies, uh, whatever that is, you can go get your nails done every single day if you want. Invite your girlfriends to come. Come on, let's get our nails. And you can do the fancy stuff, you know, like the glitter and the dots and the hearts and the woo, you know, whatever it is. We say no for a little while so that we can say yes forever. 
God, give me self-control. The second prayer we're going to do to honor God with is, God, give me understanding. God, give me understanding. You see, when Jennifer and I first got married, we didn't understand numbers. And the reality is that there are many people, probably in this auditorium, I'm sure many on the stream right now, who do not understand numbers and how debt can be extremely painful because it's a numbers game. In fact, when we don't understand things, it can be hurtful. So in Hosea chapter 4, verse 6, very clearly God says this, My people are actually destroyed. They get destroyed for a lack of, what's the next word? Knowledge. They just don't know. We could loosely apply this to the same way and say, people are hurt financially because we don't have an understanding of numbers. So what's the challenge? What's the challenge? In our culture today, typically when people buy something, they ask two questions. The first question is, how much? And then the second one is, how much per month? How much down, how much per month? How much down, how much per month? And the reality is, that doesn't really tell us what the real cost is. What we really need to be asking is, what does it really, really cost me? How much down and how much a month? What is the real cost? So I did some research uh, this week, and I found out that the average household in the United States has a credit card debt of $9,260. $9,260. Now, some of you right now are listening at that number, and you're like, hey, I'm below average. You're like, man, that's great. Now, others of you are like, oh, Jesus, I am above average. I am way above average. Now, what I want to explain to you to, uh, this morning is something called count compounding interest. Okay, compounding interest. Because it either works for you or it works against you. But you choose which way you're going to use it with what you have. So I'm going to plug in some numbers and kind of see uh, what that looks like and how it works for you or works against you. Is that okay? Some of you are looking queasy right now. Okay, you, everybody say, I'm okay. Go ahead, tell me. Okay, okay, I just want to make sure. Now, if you owed $9,260 in credit card debt at 19%. That's what the average is right now. Your minimum monthly payment would be around $277. And anyone want to take a guess of how long it would take you to pay that off? 21 years. 21 years of just the minimum monthly payment. And you would have paid $60,000 in interest. Just to do it with interest. You're not getting anything just to pay it off. Now, some of your mouths have hit the floor, so pick it up, okay? Because we're just talking about numbers. This is what it does. Let's move on. Let's say, instead of having debt, you actually had $9,260 that you had. Now, for some of you, you're like, man, that'd be a huge thing for me to imagine. I can't just imagine... But imagine that you took that, you didn't add anything to it at all, and you got 7% interest for 21 years. At the end of that, you would have accumulated three or 
$38,500. Do you think your life would be different that way if you gave up just a few coffees? $38,500. You see, compounding interest has a way. It either works for you, $38,500, or it works against you. I pay the company $60,000 just in interest. Now, I'm your friend. I'm your pastor. I am not a financial expert. And that's why I've always encouraged people to get uh, uh, some help, to get some understanding, to get some knowledge. And the way that you can get some help, some understanding, some knowledge is by being a part of our Financial Peace University class. And for some of you, maybe you've heard about it before, you've thought about it, but now you could actually do it. You can actually take the class. Whether you're in debt or you just want to get better with the way that you use your money, you could do this. It starts uh, this Wednesday. Wednesday at 6 o'clock, there'll be some experts who will help teach you how to do this. No one's going to judge you. No one's going to put you down. There'll be stories of other people who struggled with finances, and they'll work together. You'll learn to probably laugh about some of the stuff you did that are dumb. But you'll be able to say, you know what? I'm changing. I want to be different. I want to do it differently. And if you want to be a part of that, it's very easy. Uh, On your Connect card, in the upper right-hand corner, there's a blue box. You just check that. And someone will reach out to you. We'll help you with that. Or if you're on your phone, uh, on the Connect card, there's a place there that says blue box. Just check it. And uh, we'll encourage you with that. Invite a friend uh, to go with you. Um, But this is a way that you could really start to change your life. So we're going to pray. God, give me self-control. God, give me understanding. And then finally, we're going to pray. God, give me a plan. God, give me a plan. Proverbs 21, 5 says this, the plans of the diligent lead to what? What's it say? To profit. As surely as haste leads to poverty. The plans of the faithful, of the diligent, those who actually have a plan, it leads to profit, and you actually do better. You get ahead when you actually have a plan. Haste, on the other hand, it leads to poverty. Anybody know what haste means? Well, I looked it up in the Hebrew today, and uh, it says this. Uh, What haste means is, I felt sad and I went shopping. Isn't that called retail therapy? Something like that. That's the way you do it. Just joking. But it just means that we don't have a plan. When we don't have a plan, it actually could lead to poverty. Now, folks, this is what you need to recognize. This is what you need to understand. And uh, you really need to get this. Okay, everybody look up. Um, You don't wander into debt. You don't wander into debt, or do you? Do you wander into debt? Yeah, you wander into debt, but you never just wander out of debt. You stumble into debt, but you never just stumble out of debt. You mistake your way into debt, but you don't mistake your way out of debt. And what do you need? You need a plan. You need a plan, and it's spiritual. 
One of my good friends and uh, a person who I've done ministry with over 10 years, uh, Emily Scoglin, who's our small groups director, who's just an amazing uh, woman of God. She and her husband, Mikey, are great folks, but when they got married, they stumbled into debt. And then one day, they asked God for a plan. And it took some work, but I want you to hear her story today of how they were able to overcome that. So if you would, please uh, give a warm welcome to Emily as she uh, comes to the stage. Hi, everybody. Good morning. Uh, So like Chris said, I'm Emily, and my husband's name is Mikey. And about 12 years ago, we got into a very stressful uh, financial situation. So here's how it happened. Um, We both went to Taylor University, where we met and fell in love, but we also fell into debt. So I came out of Taylor with $1,000 in debt, and Mikey came out of Taylor with $70,000 in debt. And, um, but he was really cute, so I decided to marry him anyway, and I also married into his debt. Now, we probably would have been okay if he used his degree in computer science to get a computer science job, a full-time job. But right around this time, there was this Chris guy who was starting this church called The Jar, and uh, he met Mikey and kind of tapped on his shoulder and said, hey, I want you to think about coming on staff. And so Mikey prayed about it, and he felt like this is what God was calling him to do, and so he took the job. And um, now, The Jar was very generous, but a part-time job at a church, it just didn't really compare to a full-time computer science job. Um, But I was teaching a a full-time high school teacher, and so we were doing okay. We were making the payments. You know, things were a little tight. Well, fast forward a couple of years, and all of a sudden, God starts tapping me on the shoulder to come and work on staff at the JAR. And um, so I quit my teaching job. I started working at the JAR, and so I went from a a full-time job to a part-time job, so my income was cut in half. But we just, you know, cut back. We gave away one of our cars, and we just took the bus when we could. And and so things were tight, but they were okay. But then, a couple of years later, uh, this little bundle of joy came into our lives. And uh, she was awesome and wonderful, but that caused us to be completely overwhelmed financially. And we cut back and we cut back, but things were really tight. They were really stressful. And, you know, our basic needs were met. We had food, we had shelter, but it was very, very tight, very stressful, and we were just paycheck to paycheck, just trying to get by. So we prayed to God that he would give us a plan. And about that time, Pastor Chris came to me and asked me if I would teach a financial peace university class, which to me seemed ridiculous because my financial situation was anything but peaceful at the time, but I was like, well, maybe I could learn something from this. So I went ahead and taught it, and I, and I did. I learned so much, and the things that I learned were life-changing for us. Now, there's no magic secret formula with Financial Peace University, but it's based on principles from the Bible about how to use your money and how to save your money, and uh, and it works. And those principles in this class, they came in the form of baby steps. So we learned about these baby steps, and we are like, all right, we're going to get to work on these, and we started to really find some hope. Um, for our financial situation. So baby step one was save $1,000 for an emergency fund. And to us, $1,000 was like enormous. There's no way we could ever get $1,000. But it just happened to come right around tax time. So we got like a little tax refund and we're like, okay, we, you know, there's things that we could probably use this for, but we're going to go ahead and put it in the bank. That's going to be our emergency fund. So we did baby step one. Then baby step two was pay off all your debt. 
And we had $70,000 in debt. So this did not seem like a baby step. This was like a giant step for us. We're like, there is no way we're ever going to be able to do this. But we learned about something called the debt snowball, where you pay off your smallest, just your smallest debt, and then you use that money and pay off your next smallest debt and your next smallest debt, and it just keeps snowballing and snowballing. And pretty soon we were paying off one debt and another debt and another debt. And then three years ago, we paid off our last debt, and every single bit of that $70,000 was paid off. And man, we partied. It was awesome. We were like so excited. We went out to dinner. We celebrated. It was this amazing feeling. So then we didn't have that debt to pay off, so we were able to do baby step three, which is start saving for a three to six month emergency fund in case any of us something happened and we couldn't work. And so we were able to do that, and then we didn't have to pay for that, so then we started um, working to pay off our house. And uh, we are now three years away from being able to completely pay off our house, and then we can actually think about something called retirement, which we never thought that would ever be something we'd be able to do. And um, yeah, I mean, it's nothing, it's nothing to do with us. It's these principles from God's word that are just so powerful. Um, so never in my wildest dreams did I ever think we'd be in this financial place that we are. And it's definitely not at 37 years old, for sure. But to me, the coolest thing about this whole process is that we never had to stop giving through any of this. We really felt that God put it on our hearts to be able to give 10% to our church, and we wanted to do that. And through all the highs and the lows and the tight times, we're like, nope, we're going to be faithful, we're going to give. And God always, always met our needs. We never missed a meal, we never missed paying a bill, and God came through in just these amazing, miraculous ways that I could spend forever telling you about. And now that we're debt-free, we have money that we can give above and beyond when we see a need, and it's just the coolest um, feeling to be able to do that. So somebody once told me, uh, you can't outgive God, and that's so true. He says in the Bible that if you give, he'll go, give back to you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, and we've really experienced that. You know, he is trustworthy, and if you follow his plan and you keep a generous heart, then he can give you financial freedom. Let's give uh, Emily a hand. Well, we thank God for the way that he was able to give them a plan. And so now the question becomes, so what are we going to do? What is the person going to do that's sitting in your seat that is on the live stream right now? What are you going to do? Well, this is what we're going to do, right? We're going to say no for a little while so that we can say yes for the rest of our lives. We're going to actually start praying and asking God, God, give me self-control. God, give me understanding. God, give me a plan. Now, with a teaching like this, sometimes what happens is people will start feeling some shame or some guilt, and the evil one will take that and multiply it. And you'll be like, ah... Yeah, I, I hate that I did that. And we fight about money all the time. And man, this is really, really hard teaching for me today. And I get it. I totally get it because I've lived it. There's nothing more painful than when there's debt in your life and you can't get beyond that. And Jennifer and I lived with that and we understand. And some of you are there right now, and it breaks my heart because I know I went through that pain myself. 
But this is what I also know too. That God is a very, 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 very good God. And he will give you the plan that you need to help you through this. Because the truth really is, folks, less is more and stress is bad. Less is more and stress is bad. In fact, let's all say that out loud together. Let's get it in our heads uh, for this next week. Less is more, stress is bad. Again, less is more, stress is bad. One last time, less is more and stress is bad. Let's pray. God, everything that we have is a gift from your hand. There's nothing that we own. You own it all. And we thank you, God, for being so generous to each one of us. Thank you for blessing us with resources that we have. And Lord, we all have a money story. Every single person on the stream here in the auditorium has a money story. One time in which you made a mistake or you live beyond your means or you're doing that right now and it's a struggle and it's painful. And yet, God, even when we've messed up, we thank you for never giving up on us, for forgiving us. God, would you help us not to get sucked into the guilt and the shame and just keep doing the same things over and over and over again, but to trust you, to turn to you. Right now, if you're kind of like, I don't want to make these payments forever. I don't. I want to have financial freedom. I'm ready to start praying. God, give me self-control. God, give me understanding. God, give me a plan. Today, if you're like, you know what? I know it's going to be some hard work, but today I really do want to change. But I can't do it on my own. I need God's help. If everyone would just close their eyes, no one looking around. But today, if today is the day where you recognize that financial stress is bad and you want to make a change, but you need God's help, you can't do it on your own. You need his help. I invite you to just simply raise your hand. Let me pray for you. God, I pray for each hand that is raised. Help them to put that little two-year-old inside of them that constantly is saying, I want, I want, I want, I want to put them away, to lock them up, and to say, no, I'm not going to live that way anymore. God, give each person with a hand raised self-control. Give them the ability to say no for a little while so that they can say yes for the rest of their lives. God, I pray that you would give them understanding to recognize that I don't know it all. I actually do need some help. And I pray, God, that you would give them a plan, a plan that would give them hope and discipline to work the plan so that they could find freedom and hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Folks, today what we learned was stress is bad. Stress is bad and, and, and debt can be extremely painful. And there is a debt that is more painful than any other debt in this world. And it's the debt of sin. That your sin and my sin have a debt, a moral debt. And the problem is, is that we can't reduce that debt. 
There's nothing that we can do to reduce that debt. And that's why Jesus' story is so very important. It's so important to know that because of this huge amount of debt that we had that was weighing us down, Jesus actually said, I'll take that and I'll put it on my own and you can be set free then. You can no longer have to carry that debt. You can be forgiven and loved and cared for for the rest of your life. A new life, a new hope, and no more debt. You are debt free because I've taken it all on. But the only way that happens is when you say, I want him in my life. I need Jesus in my life. I need his his goodness. I need his grace. I need his second chance. I need his forgiveness in my life. And if that's you, if today you're like, that's me, I'm ready to make that commitment. I'm going to invite you in a prayer. And it's not a prayer that you pray by yourself, but it's one that we pray together in community. And so if you would, I invite you just to bow your head if you feel comfortable doing so and to repeat this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, I give my life to you. Jesus, forgive me. Make me brand new. I surrender my life to you. Be the Lord of my life. Because you died for me, I choose to live for you. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.